My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Hotter sex, seduction, fantasies, all so delicious, right? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and we are going to dive right into these topics today because there is so much I want to gab about with today's guest. Laura Korn is the New York Times bestselling author behind 101 Nights of Great Sex. Her revolutionary approach provides couples with detailed seductions to turn up the heat in the bedroom. To date, she's released over nine books, helping over four million couples revive their sex lives with renewed passion. Say hello and grab some advice from her bag of fun and flicky tricks over at her website, which is the numbers 101nights101nights.com. Thank you for joining me, Laura. How are you doing today? Oh my God, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on. I've been a fan of your work and actually numerous guests have recommended your books and your seduction game to others. So thank you for what you bring to the world. I know that you are known to be this sexuality expert and you're very passionate and vivacious and you at one point hated sex. How did you go from hating it to loving it, and then writing a best-selling book? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Well, um, you know what? I just um, didn't know how to communicate. Uh, I could get myself off, but I wasn't really sharing it with my husband at the time. And this goes back many years, but even before I got married, I knew that I didn't like sex. I would just lie there painting the ceiling beige, green, you know, and so, uh, you know, I had a little dysfunction earlier in my life. Um, so there was a lot of, a lot of issues going on, but so actually the true story is I became homeless, long story, but I, uh, got divorced. My husband basically at the time told me you're the worst sex I've ever had. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> I terrible. Like, I was like, well, it was, but it was kind of a blessing, you know, it's like, oh, let's make lemonade. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. uh, so they really, he did me a favor because when I became homeless, um, I am not, I'm take. I'm just not sharing a lot of this stuff. I ended up going to the library and I just started reading books. And this was a long time ago um, on sex and then I ended up staying in the library for a couple of years, and I read not only read the books, I studied them. And then I then it just very quickly, it, it, you know, I realized that I was really part of the problem that that I just didn't share. I wasn't. I was closed. I, I just. And then I realized that I had the same problem that so many women do: that when the penis goes in, you don't necessarily have an orgasm, right? So when that happens, and you don't realize that. Um, that that's that you have to do other things, and I was shut down. I thought, well, something's wrong with me. I don't that, that the guy sticks his penis in me and I don't come, so I must there must be something wrong with me. 
so when I got all this knowledge, I thought, wow, this is amazing. I think I'll write a sex book. That is <laughs> so, so awesome. I love it. I so, love it. Uh, so that's how I became a great, I mean, in that, I wrote my first book. The first book was a book called 237 Intimate Questions Every Woman Should Ask a Man. And then after I ran around the country asking over a thousand men these questions, then, and then I met my honey of 24 years, then I wrote 101 Nights of Great Sex, believe it or not, originally in 1994. No kidding. Wow. So this is a book that has, it's a publishing phenomenon. Obviously, I've updated the book extensively over the years, but the format is so powerful. It's because it's not a book you read. It's a book you do. The concept, and and before there was Fifty Shades, I'm going to throw this out, there was, before there was Fifty Shades of Grey, there was Fifty Shades of Corn. (laughs) (laughs) I think I like your version the best. (laughs) But what's so unusual, and if you look at the trilogy of that book, um, and now the movie, which I'm kind of excited for, but that's just me. Almost every one of the sex scenes, minus the torture part, came out of the original Hunter One Nights of Great Sex. Wow. That would be a great companion, exactly. actually, wouldn't it? Because actually, I I really enjoyed the first movie. Um, I haven't read the the books, but that's so fascinating. Someone did their research. Oh, my God. You love the movie, too? I really did. I actually went in thinking I wasn't going to like it because it had a lot of, you know, mixed uh, reviews. And I thought it was a really fun thriller. Like it was kind of like a really good lifetime movie. I I had fun with it. It, uh, uh, Me too. And I've I've been laughed out, you know, with so many people. And uh, I, I loved the books too, because it's about the one thing that I think women and men need. But I think more women and that is to be that whole character for me was about a man in charge an alpha male that um love him or not you know every time he showed up in the bedroom or not i mean way before he even showed up in in the bedroom for him it was all about seduction Mm. and the whole movie to me with her is about anticipation and there's a reason why on the book cover i have a girl biting her lip Because that's what every, that's been my whole brand. And I am the only sex author that has even really even identified this amazing thing in long-term relationships that's missing. And that that word is anticipation. Mm. Because it's hard to get excited about when you're, you know, you've got jobs and kids and and social media and, and all these things conspire to to push intimacy playfulness, fun. It, they conspire, they push it to the bottom of our to-do list. Mm, it's yes. not our priority, right? Absolutely, yeah. So so when The Hunter One Nights of Great Sex is a book you do, and I, wanna, I want you to describe it because, you know, it's a very unusual book. You can't read the book. Yeah. Right? You, the pages are stuck together. Do you have a copy? I I have an uh, emailed copy, like a digital copy. Oh no! I got to send you the real thing <laughs> because then you can see that the the pages are stuck together. 
<laughs> is that so, and what is the purpose of that? Oh, okay. So again, the book is not a book you read; it's a book you do. Right. And <clears throat> so every it's so it's like the Academy Award of Sex. There are 101 sealed envelopes in the book, and they're sealed. They're literally sealed into the spine, and there's a perforation. But so imagine there's 101 sealed envelopes, and there are 50 for his eyes only, 50 for her eyes only, mm. and one that you do at the at the very end. So that's like a secret secret one, another secret one. And so the concept is based on the formula anticipation plus creativity equals great sex. And what you do is like you get together and you flip through the, the book and you land on a page and it will say for his eyes only or for her eyes only. And every adventure has a name. Like one of my favorite seductions for her to do for him is number two, the velvet tongue. And it's sealed up in an envelope. And then another one for him to do for her might be number 14, make her tremble. And so you get together, you flip through it, and you both rip out a sealed envelope. But you can't see inside each other's pages. Mm-hmm. I but like it. when you do this, and then, and then I, want, you, I want, want you to respond, then the moment you rip out the page right in front of your partner, you have done, you have made a commitment to your partner that in the next week or two, you are going to seduce them and surprise them with what's inside your envelope. Ah, I love that. I love that because you have all this, like you said, this anticipation and we all want to actually when you were talking about Shades of Grey, it was funny because you were talking about how much anticipation this main character she was feeling. And that is what turned me on. And as you were talking about it, I was biting my own lip here. <laughs> I was thinking, you're so right. <laughs> we get turned on by the turn on and by like the wants and the the buildup and all of that. So what is one tip that you would recommend based on all these, you've talked to people all over the country and asked all of these questions and surveyed so many people. Um, what is one tip that you find yourself just giving over and over again? Oh, it's absolutely the same tip. I've been, the reason why I sealed up everything, every book that I read in, in, in the library and since, whether it's Estelle Perel's wonderful mating and Captivity, which has been on the New York Times bestselling list forever, and I highly recommend if you're in a long-term relationship, listening to your show, that that, and you're stuck, you're in a rut, you love your husband, you just don't have any passion, or, I mean, if you've been together for a couple of years, people get stuck, they get in a rut, and so what is the one thing that really adds passion, and that is novelty, creativity, and and so you get stuck and and the one thing that in all these books they all said the same thing spice it up try something new nurture novelty but then at the end of the day you're like oh my god we're so distracted we're tired it's so hard to do you know and it's not on my list you know and so the the excuses are amazing people just are too tired to be creative so First, the thing I tell everyone, never give up surprising your partner. Number two, look for a tool, a book, a, a, a new toy, 
a game, something to add novelty. We're creatures. You know, the entertainment business is based on anticipation. Why do guys like sports? Anticipation. They don't know what's going to happen next. Why are we waiting to see if Fifty Shades Darker on Friday night? Anticipation. We don't know what it's going to be like. Bring that into your relationship. You can bring, use that formula, anticipation plus creativity. You can always create great sex if you use that formula. I love it. That's beautiful. I read a study recently about exactly what you're talking about, the novelty and what it does to the brain. And you release all this dopamine and those kind of punch drunk yes. feelings. And that. And I've actually, in this study, they talked about couples that stayed together for decades. And there are people in their 80s and 90s who are feeling that super in love chemistry because they try new things in the bedroom, out of the bedroom. Yeah, I think it's that's that's amazing. So what would be an example of a use of that formula for somebody who's maybe they are in a rut. And I think some people are concerned that if they have to get creative, they're going to have to like buy whips and chains and, you know, do like really extreme kinds of things. What is something that's like a, a gentle first try? Uh, you know, well, it's hard, you know, in 101 Nights, there's romance, there's some of it will be uh, considered a little kinky. Some of it, I mean, 101 Nights is a pretty uh, um, it, it, it runs the gamut, but there's very little, you know, off the wall. I mean, there there are a few seductions that are in the realm of Fifty Shades, but it's more about the uh, the 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 uh, the, uh, the mystery. It's about building anticipation. But I mean, there's like uh, one of the greatest tips for oral. Like, I, I, there's number two. It's called the Velvet Tone. This is something, an easy little trick to do. It's to give him ultimate, I mean, he'll levitate off the bed. Tell, us, mean, tell us how, I know you, literally, what, what can you tell us about what that is? Because it sounds so exciting. Well, I, well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you because, I mean, it's one of 101, but it's something so simple. You think, oh, and that is um, heat. When you, when you envelop a man's penis, you know, with, with, with hot fluid, with hot tea or even hot coffee or hot water. You have a little cup by the, by the bed, and when you're giving them oral pleasure, you take a sip of the hot fluid, you leave a little of that hot fluid in your mouth, and you continue to give them oral sex. Well, heat engorges a man's penis. It becomes much bigger. <laughs> you know, like cold shrinks, hot, whoa! Awesome. Oh, I love it. And it speeds up up his orgasm and makes his orgasm twice as intense. And it's something that, you know, like, oh, it's just, you know, that's one of the, that would be one of the nights. You know, you just kind of keep replenishing the hot fluid in your mouth and it will give him an experience he's never felt before. Mm. I love it. That's such a great idea. And temperature play, um, I, I know, can be really exciting. And the and it's also the surprise. Do you do you recommend letting them know what you're doing, or you just do it? No. You know what? It's kind of like the same thing. Does a man want to say, "Can I get you up against the wall"? <laughs> you know, if a guy has to yeah. ask permission, can I put you up against the wall? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to ask the answer. No, right? Like, yeah. No, just do it. You know, the, here's the thing with guys, because special guys, they want to be seduced. 
I've never met a guy. The most popular male sexual fantasy over a threesome or, you know, we're talking about I want to be with a woman who is so overcome with desire for me that she just has to have me right then and there, right? Who takes charge. So it's the same for women too, right? Oh, of course. It's the number one fantasy for women and men. You want to be with someone who is kind of like, it's not like they, they want that feminine energy. And just because you're taking charge, I think you're more in charge of your feminine energy in that sense than when you're not like, oh, I want him to do this, to do this thing. No. You know, and the other thing is, this over almost two million books have been sold since 1994, and the book and now I've made it a mobile app, so it's even you know Ooh, you can exciting. seize your partner from the palm of your hand. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. For a lot of guys, they're like, "Thank you, I've been doing that for my whole life, <laughs> <laughs> seducing themselves with the palm of their hand." Now they can seduce <laughs> her from the palm of their hand. I, I mean, love think it. about it. You're like at work, and and all of a sudden, your phone kind of. I mean, you put your notifications on for this because your phone like whistles at you kind of like, mm-hmm. and when you hear that whistle, you know that your guy has chosen a seduction from his own secret mobile app and he's inviting you out for a play date, oh. for a sex date. And the next time your the phone goes off, it might be, he, he'll send you a clue to what he's doing. I like it. I love that. That's so awesome because even when you are really busy, it just adds that little seed of anticipation. You don't have to be together to feel that excitement. Yes, and I think that I don't do you think great sex? I mean, um are you in a long-term relationship yeah. or Yes, I'm married. Oh, by the way, can I just say I love the name of your show? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Because I have a, a, a seduction number 20. It's called Bad to the Boner. <laughs> yes. And I think that I think that your husband, I'm going to make sure you get a copy of the book. I think I think your husband needs to rip out. It's a for his eyes only page and do number 20. Bad okay. To the boner I'll give him you. some homework. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so but great. it's sexy homework. That's what's so that's yes. what's fun. The best kind. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you talk about, and again, in the context of being really busy, so we can plant these seeds and send each other these uh, alerts and uh, let each other know we're thinking exactly. about you and all of that. You also recommend not only scheduling sex, which I know it has been recommended for various reasons, but you recommend actually scheduling certain kinds of sex. Well, actually, all right, so to me, scheduling sex sounds like something else on our to-do list. Does not sound exciting, does it? I mean, no. And, and, I, and I think that's where a lot of sexologists and other best-selling authors, um, they talk about scheduling sex, and I'm all for scheduling sex. But the difference is, you, you, if you schedule sex, which I, you do in the app, you can't show up and do the same kind of sex. That's where the problem lies. Scheduling sex, doing the same old, same old, is not going to get you the results you want. You want to be able to take turns 
when you when you know like I just got this wonderful email from this from this fellow that said every night on Friday night since we've got your book, it's our sex night. And he's and he said it's like Christmas every week. I'm like a kid. Every Friday night, he goes, I even, uh, the anticipation down there, married. He's been married 20 years. They have three kids, and they got the book, and on Friday night, they have a sex night. But because he doesn't know what's going to happen, and she doesn't know what's going to happen, they take turns, it's completely transformed their relationship. Mm, That's beautiful. Think about it. Like, if you know you're going to have sex on a Friday night, you know what it does for a lot of women? They can shave. <laughs> they can put on deodorant. They can get their hair done down there or up there. It gives you time to kind of think about it and to get excited about it. And then on top of it, you have if you're seducing him, you can get excited about watching his face while you do this whole amazing thing. And you literally, I don't know when you do the book or the app, I don't know if it's better to be seduced or to do the seducing. Mm. Honestly. Yeah. They both are so exciting. That is awesome. And I could see the variety being really exciting, too, knowing that sometimes you're going to be the one in charge and having the surprise and the secret. And sometimes it's going to be you sitting back and letting it unfold. I think that that variety seems really, really great. Now, what do you think guys are looking for on Valentine's Day? There's a lot of pressure on guys to, you know, to surprise us. But what do you think um, men are looking for? What do you think they want? That's such a good question. Such a good question. You know, I think it, I imagine it varies a lot for, you know, specifics for different people. Um, But I think to be thought of and to not have, you know, a lot of pressure to be a certain way, I, for me, it's more, I think, maybe knowing that they are being appreciated and that you're turned on by them and that you're excited about them. Exactly. Exactly. And it sure doesn't help if you're not wearing panties. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Very true. There are many ways to tell someone that. You have something. What are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know, do you know what you're, because I hope you don't know. Do you, did did your husband, is he planning something special? Are you going out or not? You know, we're actually doing like a little one night getaway before Valentine's Day. Um, so, I'm, and I, I don't know all the specifics, but I do think it's going to be exciting and fun. And yeah, so that's a new adventure. And the details are up in the air. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, okay. So I have, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Okay. So since you have the digital book, you can go because it sounds like you're going to go out. Um, or you could do this on the way to the hotel room, but all right, but, um, I'm going to just keep it, you know, just go to the digital book, go to number 52, take a look at a daring dessert. Ooh, I like that. And you may need to, you may, you may need to like improvise a little bit, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's one of my favorites. Oh, okay. Yay. So I love the velvet tongue. Uh, um, there's so many good, I mean, I'm looking at the, like, oh, also, cool, number 30, Sheer Madness. It involves a sweater, it involves leggings, and a pair of scissors. That's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> That's hard to imagine. <laughs> it doesn't sound terribly sexy just when you first hear it, oh, but really anything can be very oh, sexy. <laughs> it's, it's, 
so like, you have no idea. And great for Midwesterners, people who are in the cold. That you know, you don't have to be in the lingerie. You can pull out a sweater. That's that's great. I dig it. I love it. There's such a great variety. You know that that and and by the way, this book is just not. These aren't all ideas for my own steamy and naughty imagination. These ideas are called probably from over reading, obviously, 500 sex books, maybe even more than that. And what I do is when I read like Mating in Captivity or any other great book on sex, I will read it and I'll study it now and I'll ask myself, what is the one thing that really stands out in that book? Mm. And, and then I'll take that concept, whether it's an oral trick or a, a, a top 10 a male sexual fantasy or female fantasy, and I'll I'll write it from that book, from whatever I just read, and I'll put it inside this interactive format. So this is like you're doing, like this is like a, a, a schooling in the erotic arts. By the time you rip up this whole book and it's done, you have literally experienced 100 sex books. <laughs> that is awesome. It's like a crash course in, in eroticism. <laughs> totally, completely awesome. Um, before I let you go, I'd love to hear, because your, your personal journey, obviously, you've come so far, and you're doing so much to help so many people and cultivate passion. If you could talk to the younger you who was in that place where she was feeling not sexy and was being told she wasn't good at sex, mm. what would you offer her? What would I offer myself then? Well, that you're not alone. I felt so alone. I felt, you know, even though I knew how to, well, well, I think the most important thing for women, the younger woman, is that if you know how to get yourself off and by, if you don't know how to get yourself off, then how can you expect him to? Number one. Number two, if you know how to get yourself off, and a lot of women have unusual ways where they masturbate. And then when they have intercourse, they wonder why they're not having an orgasm. And then that spirals into, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not having good sex. And at the end of the day, if you're not really having a real orgasm with a man, he's going to pick up on it. Yeah. I mean, you can just hide and fake it for so long. So number one, know your, you know, know your own body. Masturbate. And then show him how you do that. Mm -hmm. And then once you can really ha release and have orgasms with him, because that's the, that's the number one thing I hear from really young women. Like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't come. I don't know how to, you know, I, I, I never have an orgasm with my boyfriend or my husband. And then that creates shame. And then, I mean, so many, oh, my God, I could have saved myself decade of bad sexual relationships if I just felt confident enough to communicate who I was and who I am. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I, what I would imagine. your advice be? Gosh, you know, um, looking back, there's there's a lot I would I would tell myself, but I certainly I think you're not alone is, is a big one. And also you're going in the right direction. I spent a lot of time trying to f find myself and feeling very insecure, uh, not necessarily about sex as much, but just as myself as a person and em embracing my full self, my, my body and all of that. And just knowing that my drive for passion, it's, 
it's going to have a reason. And I just had to kind of go through the storms. And I would love to be able to tell her that someday your whole world is going to be called Girl Boner. I think she would get a good laugh at that. But, uh, oh, of course. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And by the way, girls do get boner. They do. Yes. Yes, we do. We we get I mean, erections absolutely. Where did you get that name? I love that. I love your Thank show. you. Thank you so much. I uh, it's inspired by my sex ed experience growing up in Minnesota. We learned a little bit about male sexual pleasure and nothing about female pleasure. And the first time I heard the word boner, like when I actually understood what it meant, my initial reaction was like, well, what about girl boners? So I was curious about it for a very long time. And then, you know, life took me on this path. And I knew I wanted to do something with it. I've been so passionate about, especially women's sexual empowerment, but really embracing our sexuality. It's been so powerful in my own life, helped me overcome an eating disorder and all kinds of stuff. So, but it's meant to be fun. And I'm so glad that, that it tickles you because your your work certainly touches me as well. So thank you so much. I, I'm so, so oh, grateful. Good. Yes, I'm going to do all the homework. I can't wait to do uh, page 52. And I'm going to report back to you as well, because I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, that would be, yes, and improvise. You know, that's what's so cool about these like, people will read these productions and they'll go, oh, I'm not doing that. The series, I don't know. Or, or, you know, oh, oh I can't do that. Ooh. And, you know, but the thing is, rip it out. Let it inspire. You know, just rip a page. If it's not something you want to do, you want to improvise, here's the thing. Don't give up your promise, your commitment to surprising and seducing your partner. Mm. So rip out a page. Make it your own. Let it inspire you. But here's the thing. Let your partner know you're going to seduce them. There's a surprise. That's the most important element of the concept of the brand. Love it. I love it so much. Gosh, thank you so much for joining me and for all you do. Will you please remind everybody where they can learn more about you and get this amazing book? Uh, thank you. Well, it's it's in Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, maybe your favorite adult boutique, although it is getting close to Valentine's Day, so I am probably sold out, but not on Amazon. Um, and the mobile app, uh, 101 Nights of Great Sex, you can get that at Apple, Google Play, and of course, 101 Nights of Great Sex uh, on Amazon. And thank you, you know, I want to say it's nice to be important, but I think it's more important to be nice. Mm. And thank you so much, you treated me great, and I look forward to getting your girl boner manuscript yay thank you so much laura i will dedicate my next girl boner to you (laughs) (laughs) awesome well you made my month (laughs) beautiful beautiful have a great valentine's day much more soon that was so much fun thanks again laura everybody check her out again 101nights.com and read her book full of fantastic ideas and I want to hear how you apply them to your lives and how they affect the spice in your own relationship. Speaking of which, we received a beautiful question from a listener named Adele who is speaking about a very similar issue um, about wanting to feel wanted. She wrote this, My husband and I have been married for five years and have a wonderful relationship. That said, I miss feeling lusted after and longed for. He's always been polite, and I am usually the one to initiate sex. In the beginning, I at least felt he was excited about me and making love. I could see it in his eyes and feel it in his energy. See, it's what Laura was talking about. 
talking about. I know he still enjoys it, but there is not much enthusiasm on his part. I start things and he's basically like, sure, sounds good. And then we have decent sex. I know the honeymoon phase is supposed to end, but as time goes on, I feel increasingly lonely. It worries me because I find myself loving attention from other men who flirt or look at me in certain ways. I don't want to act on any of that. I just want my husband to look at me that way too. I wish he'd grab me once in a while, but I want it to be his idea so I don't feel stupid. I'm wondering if this is just who he is and I should work on accepting it more and being more grateful. If I'm honest, I suppose I'm also afraid he doesn't want or love me as much as I want or love him. Should I just be okay with that? Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Adele, I can't thank you enough for this question because, um, first of all, I definitely know that you're not alone. And I think so many women struggle when they have uh, more sexual interest or higher libido desire than their partners. Because in our culture, we just sort of automatically assume that um, men are sort of like Superman and they always want to have sex. And uh, kind of like the postman, they're supposed to sort of deliver in any kind of weather. Um, and I also hear and feel the performance demands and stress that for some men that that can bring. Um, and so it's great that you're bringing this even now five years into your marriage because the statistics is uh, seven years into conflict or struggle from John Gottman, the uh, internationally known marital researcher, before couples typically come into treatment. And when you start to notice patterns or uh, challenges in your relationship that uh, you both are sort of trying to address but feel like you're not coming to a better outcome or resolution, um, seeking help in the form of a question, uh, self-help resources, or professional is, um, you know, can't highly recommend it enough. Um, so let's just sort of start about, listen, I completely understand how, why, um, you know, you're longing for that feeling of being wanted and desired. You know, I think it's so huge for our psyche. I mean, we typically say that the biggest turn on is feeling your partner's desire. And, you know, on one hand, when he says, sure, sounds good, it's kind of great that he's, in a sense, open and uh, receptive. You know, he has sort of responsive versus spontaneous desire. But, you know, that's not the same thing as sort of seeing that look in his eye or feeling that energy. And, you know, I think that's why you're feeling a little bit vulnerable, in a sense, at work. Because when you get that attention from other men, even though you clearly state it's not where you want to go, it's kind of like, you know, you're not only thirsty, you're parched. And so it makes perfect sense that you're, you know, going to feel a little bit more, um, impact or influenced by getting that attention and it might even add to sort of the pain of your your longing of what you want to experience with your husband so you know first and foremost um you know i'm wondering if you've had the conversation you know in my experience you may have had it many a time and it feels like it just doesn't go anywhere but i'm also not clear by um you know saying that you want it to come from him and not from you whether you've even shared this with him at all um because i think we need to get to the root of what might be causing his lower desire. Um, certainly, uh, you know, some young men, even in their 20s and 30s, might have hypogonadism or low testosterone. Um, so, you know, one of the ways, sort of situationally, we can assess that is whether or not he ever has difficulty getting aroused um, on his own with masturbation, difficulties with erection, less frequent morning erections. Um, we certainly always want to rule out that there's not a medical or physiological component. But I also think that, you know, desire is like intelligence or many other attributes. It's sort of on a bell curve distribution. 
And it might be that your partner is, in a sense, on that lower end. Um, and it might be that, you know, typically uh, men with higher libido, we say it's through sex they feel more connected. And it's women traditionally that want to feel connected to desire sex. But I've worked with a lot of men where actually they want to feel the connection. And the connection is what a, is a piece that might stir the desire. And because you're feeling this pain and frustration, consciously or unconsciously, you might be sort of um, being angry or resentful or, you know, making sort of your stance or energy a way that might be difficult for him to approach. So that's certainly one thing to consider. Um, and again, you know, it's not uncommon that, you know, some people start to think, oh my God, you know, what does this mean? He's not attracted to me. Does that mean he's gay? Um, again, a common thing that I hear, but I think it's important that we recognize it's interesting, right? We so expect men to be the Superman, alpha, aggressive, that when they're not that, and I'm willing to bet he's a good guy, and if you look at him, it's probably not true of his general character, you know, it's really to recognize, again, bell curve distribution, this is kind of where he is, who he is. So there's something to be said about the acceptance piece, and yet, and the part that you sort of add here too, is you don't want to be the one, in a sense, to show him or have to tell him that's what you want. You know, women say this to me all the time. They don't want to be the teacher. Uh, but, you know, good news is there's there's books, there's articles, there's uh, sex coaches, uh, there's sex therapists. Um, there are many, many uh, resources out there to help you. And I think, again, it's got to start with the conversation, expressing the wish and the longing, the loss. And again, it's always important. I. I really want to feel, focusing on what you want to experience and feel, that look in his eyes, that energy, that passion. Um, and then really sort of discover what might be some of the blocks of that for him. You know, I know for some men, you know, as, as women as well, it could be the stress, right? Stress of, uh, you know, whatever responsibility he might be feeling at work or a particular project that he's working or maybe uh, not even having job security. So we really sort of want to recognize what are the conditions for sex and what which of those conditions may not be getting met for him that both of you could take a look at and sort of prioritize. So listen, I know I said a lot, um, and you know, first of all, I just want to absolutely empathize that you know, it, I think as women we just sort of take for granted the assumption that our partners are going to want to always have sex with us or feel that energy, and when we don't. It, it really is like a kick in the gut. Um, I completely get that. But I'm willing to bet he's not wanting you to feel that pain or that longing and that either A, he has no idea, or B, he's got some of his own challenges or issues um, that might be getting in his own way. And so again, look to resources. Know that you guys don't have to manage this all on your own um, because there are solutions. Every problem has a solution. So. Uh, take those next steps. And as always, can't wait to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I loved what she had to say about, you know, having that conversation, even when it's difficult, especially when it's difficult. Though I understand what you're saying, Adele, about wanting it to be that person's idea, because it's like the whole idea is we want to feel wanted, right? So if we want to feel wanted, we don't want to say like, I, w I want you to make me feel like you want me. But sometimes it's just a matter of you know, letting the person who deeply cares about you, as it sounds he does, you know, know that there are very s simple things that he can do to to make you feel, you know, more connected. And I think Dr. Megan's absolutely right about, you know, wanting that same kind of connection or sometimes sometimes the 
the guy or a guy you're in a relationship with is going to want either less sex or express his desire differently or uh, really want that emotional connection most. And that's totally cool. You know, it's it's really frustrating, I think, that there is this pressure on men to be a certain way, women to be a certain way, you know, just thinking of ourselves as individuals and working together and you know, really expressing your concerns. I, I think you absolutely deserve exactly the love that you want and to be, you know, made love to the way that you want and, and your husband does too. So I hope you're able to work together and that you will let us know how it goes. Please definitely, uh, Drop a note to me or to Dr. Megan. Her website is greatlifegreatsex.com. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave a simple review while you're there. For extras and a whole lot more, visit my website, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. Thank you so much and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.